Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of It's Brewing at McEwen, a USF baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mark Giardino, and today I'll be joined by one of my co-hosts, my brother, Matthew Giardino. Today's episode features Matt and I previewing the upcoming 2023 season. We're breaking our season preview into two parts. Today's episode is focused on position players, and the next episode will be focused on pitchers. In addition to previewing each position on the field, we also cover the overall outlook for the offense this season and answer some fan questions. The season starts in just seven days at home against number 12 ranked Maryland. We'll be hosting our first Bruin tailgate on Saturday the 18th at 11 a.m., right before the second game of opening weekend. That will be in lot 18 by the soccer stadium. Without further ado, let's get into the show. I was thinking we could, you know, maybe preview um, position by position. Um, the let's talk. Let's focus on where it all starts. Uh, a catcher uh, for the infield. Um, what are your thoughts on, on on catcher for this upcoming season? Yeah, I think we have a lot of great options at catcher. Obviously, Nelson Rivera had a, a really strong end to his season last year. Um, I think you also have a lot of great options with Ben Rosenblum and uh, Joaquin Monke. They, they're both very serviceable behind the plate. Um, and all three of them really can hit at times as well. I think it's going to be a really interesting battle in the uh, in the spring practice leading up to the season to see how that shakes up. Obviously, the incumbent is uh, Nelson Rivera. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, you know how that plays out and and see, uh, you know, how Coach Mole uses his his three catchers. Yeah, I think catcher is interesting because it's actually the only position where we where where everybody at that position is was here last season. Um, so there's nobody new at catcher. Um, you know, we got Nelson Rivera who's in his third year with the program. Uh, we got Monkey Joaquin Monkey who's in his third year with the program. And Ben Rosenblum, who is in his uh, fourth year of college baseball, second year with with USF. So um, I think we're going to have some continuity there, which is good. And that was actually, um, I would say, a a solid part of last year's team uh, defensively at catcher, uh, regardless of who you put back there. Um, All three options have... They've got a good, good enough arm to throw out runners at second. They can block balls. They can call the game. They can they can control the you know the relationship with the pitcher. Uh, they're all that they're all veterans. They're all mature. Um, so when you think about a baseball team and who's truly uh, like the nucleus of the infield, it's catcher, and it's really good. I think that we have. Uh, the juniors and and, se- and seniors at that position. That's I think that's really important. Um, with that, we'll take it to uh, first base. Um, what I'm gathering and what I saw in, in the fall is that um, Bulls veteran uh, now in his fourth year with the program, Daniel Cantu, um, is likely to be the everyday first baseman even though most of his career up until this point, actually I would say all of it uh, was spent in the outfield. So he's making that transition to first base, but he looks really good there. Looked really good there in the fall. Um, He did that a little bit in the past and he did it a little bit in his prior summer baseball team. So I think he has an easy transition to first base, just based on the fact that he's been doing it for a while. He's a good athlete. He's got good height. He's like six, three, um, so I'm not too worried about um, first base defensively. And then what 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 he brings with the bat um, is we all know he's a he's a great hitter, a uh, great leader for the team. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on on first base? And is there anybody else? I know Nelson Rivera played a little bit there last year. He might peek in there a little bit when he's not catching. Ben Rosenblum maybe, Monkey maybe. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think uh, those points you make are are really valid. He's a great athlete. You're going to miss his arm out in the outfield. 
Um, but I think one thing he really reminds me of is uh, Riley Hogan in his senior year and what Riley Hogan did for the team. Uh, I think that Daniel can replicate that and, um, you know, put together a good season behind the um, behind the dish and, and hit pretty well. And not only that, but I think his leadership is is going to be crucial this year as well. Um, kind of similar how Riley uh, really took us over in, in the latter part of the 2021 season. Absolutely, for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take it to second base, um, where what we've gathered uh, based on our observations in the fall and reading some reports from D1 Baseball, it's looking like it's a um, competition uh, between two guys, prim primarily. There could be other names as well. But uh, it really sounds like it's uh, John Montez, uh, who's battling with Matt Rose, uh, for the second base uh, position. Uh, for some background here, these are both new names to Bulls fans. Um, John Montez is a transfer from UCF. He, uh, he played with UCF for two seasons, now entering his third year of college ball. Um, I actually have some, Matthew probably does too, memories of him uh, in that conference championship game in 2021 in Clearwater when he was just a freshman. He hit a uh, a double in the one in like the last inning uh, when UCF was trying to come back and he was all fired up and pointing at his Jersey. And uh, I was like, this guy's got some fire to him. Um, and now he's a bull. So we love to see that. Um, Matt Rose uh, is a true freshman. Uh, he's coming from Calvary Christian and Clearwater. Um, he's uh, he's a been, he's been, Doing really well, we hear, we're hearing in uh, the spring camp here. Um, Caleb and Tanner on our, on our last podcast shouted him out for his the progress he's making. Um, so he he's another solid option at second base. The good thing about these two guys is John Montez bats lefty and Matt Rose bats righty. So you could see some uh, opportunities where they could platoon, like where versus a left-handed pitcher, you might see Matt Rose and versus a Right-handed pitcher, you might you might see John Montez. Um, Matt, what's your thoughts on second base? Yeah, I was going to mention the the platoon situation. I think that uh, obviously the the lefty hitter is going to be able to hit against righties, and the righty hitter is going to be able to hit against lefties. I think that's going to be uh, awesome for Coach Mole to have that flexibility in the middle of the infield. Especially last year, we uh, you know we didn't have as much depth in the middle of the infield and. And to have a couple of guys that really know how to hit the bat or hit the ball rather, um, as well as feel the position, I think that uh, you know we're, we're we're pretty strong up the middle, and uh, there's a lot of options available any given game, uh, depending on matchups. Yeah, there's some good points to bring up there too. Uh, thinking about last season, and, and thinking about thinking about some of the reasons why why did we have a bad season? Why 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 did we struggle? Um, Part of it was a big part of it was uh, some defensive problems. And a lot of that kind of happened in the middle of the infield. And a lot of that kind of happened because we ended up playing guys in the middle infield who are not primarily middle infielders. And the reason we had to do that was because of injuries, suspensions, um, a whole multitude of things. And, um, you know, from all the games that we watched, we pretty much watch every game. We didn't, we were not uh, getting to a lot of balls at the middle. We were not getting to a lot of balls in between second base, first base. We just didn't have that, that range. Um, and now when you bring in two uh, athletic guys like John Montez and Matt Rose uh, for second base, I think you're going to see that we are going to be making more of those plus plays where, you know, we're, we're stealing a ball up the middle. We're stealing a ball in the, in the first base, second base gap that we weren't stealing last year. And uh, I think that's going to make a, a big difference uh, this season coming up. Yeah. And also too, like playing those middle infield positions, the game comes at you so fast. Uh, if you don't have experience playing second base, shortstop, third base, that could be a, could be a hard learning uh, curve to uh, any player. So. Definitely nice to have guys up there that have some experience. For sure. Um, going to shortstop, um, that's going to be another 
uh, scenario where looks like we're going to have brand new names uh, for Bulls fans. Um, you know, we had Nick Gonzalez the last few years uh, who did a really nice job for us, especially in his last year, uh, last season. He was one of the bright spots of the batting order last year, hit like 300 during AAC play. He was uh, really solid for us last season. Um, but we lost him. Uh, you know, he graduated. And uh, we got two new guys that are seem to be the primary contenders uh, for the starting shortstop position. Um, we're looking at uh, Stanton Luthner. He is a uh, transfer, uh, Division One transfer from Stony Brook University, who we actually played last season in, in Tampa. And then uh, we're also looking at Eric Snow, who's a uh, freshman uh, out of Forsyth, Georgia. Um, it sounds like these two are are the contenders there at shortstop. Um, with with Stanton, uh, with, with with Stanton, you're going to get more experience. I believe uh, he's entering his either third or fourth year of college baseball, um, and he put up some pretty good numbers at at Stony Brook. Um, he showed that. He could steal bases. He's got some pop. He could hit for some extra base hits. He plays de- he plays well defensively. He had a pretty solid fielding percentage. Um, so you get experience, and and uh, that's what you get with Stanton. And then with uh, Eric Snow, you you're getting to get you're going to get a guy who was one of the top high school baseball prospects in the country. Um, uh, he's one. He was I would say the highest rated recruit from the freshman recruiting class. Um, he had one of the highest home run totals in the country for high school baseball. I think he hit 17 home runs. Uh, he's athletic. He can run. Um, so you can't really go wrong with either one. Um, it should be, should be interesting. What do you think about shortstop, Matt? Yeah, I think uh, when you look at Stanton Luthner, he's got a prototypical shortstop body. Um, so I, I really like that and how that plays in the field defensively. Um, in terms of hitting, I think that they both can hit at a pretty high level. Uh, obviously, it'll be interesting to see how the, the high school season translates to Division One baseball uh, in the case of uh, Snow. Uh, but overall, I think, you know, we have a lot of really great options there with those two. Um, but I think overall, the the experience that Stan Luthner has had in, in Division One baseball is really going to give him the opportunity to play a lot at the position um obviously anything could change throughout the season um but i, I think it'll be an interesting competition and and see uh you know what what's going to end up happening there yeah definitely agree i think they're both going to be really good for us um they both uh help us solid defense at shortstop uh, nick gonzalez was was pretty solid there for us the last few years and it's good to to know we got two um, pretty mobile, quick, athletic um, guys with sure hands and shortstop that will uh, definitely hold that position down for us. So we're looking forward to that. Um, third base, um, I'm also hearing about a competition there uh, based on what I saw in the fall, based on d1baseball.com. Um, it sounds like there's a little competition between – uh, Travis Sankovic, uh, who is a brand new name for Bulls fans as well. He is a Division One transfer. Uh, he came from Marshall University, um, and he is entering, I believe, his fifth year of college baseball. I think he did two years of junior college. Uh, he played two year two years at Marshall, so you're getting a very experienced, um, very experienced guy there, and. Uh, I really like a lot of elements of his game. Uh, he's got good size and he's good defensively. And probably the number one trait to know about him is he's really, really good with making contact and avoiding strikeouts. And and so last season, he actually drew more walks than he struck out, uh, which is a pretty rare thing to accomplish. And it really is a testament to his uh, bat-to-ball skills and and also his uh, plate discipline. So he's definitely someone you I think you would want at the top of the lineup. He gets on base a lot. Um, really solid addition. Shout out to our coaching staff for uh, 
bringing in a, a fifth year senior that has batted 300 in uh, the conference USA, which is one of the top conferences in, in division one baseball. So that, that was a big ad. Um, also at third base, another guy who we are familiar with and who may not be always at third base. I think this is a guy that you're going to see often. I think at multiple times a week and it might not be at third base, but it might be at DH, might be in the outfield. It might be a different infield position. It'd be Bobby Bozer um, is a guy that uh, he's uh, he was, he showed a lot of promise uh, in his true freshman year uh, last season. Uh, he hit it. Uh, I think he was one of the highest in home runs for the freshman last season, along with Jackson Mayo. Um, he had a really, really good summer um, playing up in the Sunbelt Baseball League in Georgia. Um, he, I believe he was like the MVP of the league, MVP of the All-Star game. Um, did a lot of good things up there. He really uh, was able to clean up some things um, hitting-wise, got his batting average up. Um, so I'm looking at, I'm looking for a big year from him. He already showed a lot of power as a freshman. Um, Matt, what do you think about, about third base? Yeah, I think defensively, they're both going to be able to handle the position. Uh, and then I think, you know, they're two completely different types of players when it comes to, um, hitting. I think obviously, uh, we got Bobby Bozer, who's probably the pound for pound strongest guy on the team. Uh, and then we got Travis, who is a really good contact hitter. Um, so I think that there's a lot of great um, things to look out for at third base. And I think, too, they're both athletic enough where, you know, we could utilize them in a utility situation where, um, you know, give a guy off a day at second base or shortstop, uh, even in the outfield. So I think there's going to be a lot of flexibility with them uh, throughout the season. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Mo has a lot of difficult decisions to make, uh, you know, who's going to play day in and day out. And uh, I think a lot of it's going to come down to matchups. Yeah, I think I think matchups is, is definitely a factor there as well. Um, another thing to keep in mind with that position, too, is uh, Travis uh, bats lefty and Bobby bats righty. So you might see a little bit of platooning there as well. Whereas uh, back at shortstop with Stanton and, and, and Eric Snow, they they both bat righty. So that's not really a factor there. But um, it, it could be a factor on third base with uh, Travis being a left-handed hitter. Um, so definitely yeah. – go ahead. For me, I think that, uh, you know, that that might be the biggest hole to fill from last year, especially, you know, having an all-conference third baseman um, obviously hit the ball great, uh, Carmine Lane. Uh, we're definitely going to miss him this upcoming season. But I think uh, I'm pretty confident these uh, these guys can fill the role. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, third base last year, we had uh, Carmine Lane, who was with our program for, uh, I believe, three three years. Um, and now he's with the Marlins. Um, he's a guy that um, in only his second year of college baseball was really one of the key pieces of the super regional run. Um, a guy that can get you double digit home runs and, uh, we're definitely going to miss that, uh, miss him. And, and, uh, but it's good to know we got, um, some solid replacements there at third base. So, all right, let's take it to the outfield. Um, so from the outfield, um, I don't think we are losing any of the outfielders we had last year. Um, so that's good. And we have some new additions as well. Um, what we're gathering is that the outfield right now is primarily looking like Jackson Mayo in center field. Uh, Drew Butcher taking a move from center field to right field, which makes a lot of sense to me because uh, Daniel Cantu played right field. He's got a really good arm and you need to replace a good arm with a good arm, and Drew Butcher definitely will do that for you. Um, left field, I'm hearing, is a little more open. Um, it's kind of a mixture of uh, Marcus Brodell, Pablo Ruiz, um, and even um, Rafael Betancourt is a freshman um, that is kind of becoming a factor there as well. So just a little bit of overview 
on the outfield. Well, that's a high level overview, but but we'll kind of get more into into each each guy. Um, let's talk about Jackson and and Drew first. Um, outfield or uh, center field, right field, primarily. Um, Jackson Mayo is a guy that um, was a freshman last season, hit nine home runs, um, led the team in home runs out for a freshman. Um, really had a positive impact on the team uh, defensively as well. He's got, I think, based on his perfect game profile, he might have the best speed on the team uh, in, a, in a straight line. And he did show that a uh, bit last season. He had the number one play on SportsCenter. Uh, and UC- when he went, when we were at UCF, he jumped over the fence, came down with the ball. Um, he brings a lot of, uh, brings a lot of different skills. Uh, he's got speed. He's got an arm. He's got, he's got power. Really, really nice player for us. And he's back. So that's really nice. Uh, Drew Butcher, not a lot needs to be said there. Um, he's, he's the guy. Um he, uh, he's entering his third year. He's now draft eligible. Um, he he was incredible as a freshman in 2021. Um, OPS of like a thousand, which is unheard of for a freshman. Um, pretty much replicated that last year in a sophomore year. Then he went to Cape Cod, um, played in the Cape Cod League, put up solid numbers against the best players, the best college baseball players in the country in the world. Um, He's six foot six. He bats lefty. Um, he's got speed. Um, he's got. He has the potential to be drafted in the first five rounds this 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 year if everything goes goes to plan. Um, Matt, let's talk. What I want to hear your take on on center field and, and right field. Yeah, with Jackson, uh, obviously you talked about his uh, great freshman season he had. Uh, one thing I'm looking from Jackson is more consistency throughout the season. Um, I, I think as he matures as a player, I think that will come. But uh, a lot of times last year, he went hot, he went cold. Um, so I'm lo- really looking for that consistency all throughout the season, uh, especially at the plate. Uh, defensively, I think that you know he's probably one of the top uh, outfielders in our in our division or in our conference rather. Um, so definitely looking to see, uh, you know, how he progresses this year at the plate and, you know, take, taking a consistent approach and, and really, um, you know, day in and day out, keeping that same approach throughout the season. And then, nice. uh, yeah, and then for Drew, um, I think you kind of summarized that pretty well. Uh, I think one thing I'm looking for from him is having a, a full season of staying healthy. Um, I think if he does that, he has a chance to really do something special for the Bulls this year and put on put up some really big numbers. Um, I think, you know, he's kind of a five-tool player, as well as Jackson Mayo. Um, both of those guys are are incredible pieces to have uh, in the right side and center side of uh, of your outfield. Yeah, for sure. I think I think uh, it's a good point about Drew is, you know, he to me, he feels like a guy that could hit 20 home runs in college baseball easily. Um, but he needs to stay healthy to do that. Um, both of his seasons so far, he's missed at least a month. Um, but he still managed uh, double digit home runs. But uh, man, yeah, if he can have a fully healthy season, I, I feel like you know he could, he could he can get he can get there and, and really like you said, uh, really lead us pretty far. Um, I think also. I think also too is between those two, if they stay healthy, it really adds a, a speed dynamic to our team that you know I think was um, not necessarily our strong suit last season. Um, I think we were probably more in the middle of the pack with stolen bases. Um, but I think one thing that can really benefit us is is having those guys go out there and you know maybe combine for 30, 40 stolen bases in a season. That that would be great. I just feel like you know. We know they have that speed. It's just going to come down to, is that the approach that we want to take uh, from our coaching staff? Do they want to to get a little more aggressive this season on the base pass? Um, last season, we were kind of lower in stolen base attempts uh, in relation to the rest of the league. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. We know we have the guys that have the speed to make that happen. It's just a matter of 
is that the philosophy that that they want to take this year? Um, so let's let's move to to left field where I brought up a few names earlier. Um, Marcus Brodell uh, might be the leader, but you also got to factor in um, Pablo Ruiz and and Rafael Betancourt. Um, a little bit of background on each. Uh, Marcus Brodell was a freshman for us last year. He bats left-handed, so he's entering his second year with the Bulls, and um, he was arguably uh, maybe the most productive uh, freshman hitter from our group last year. Um, he hit home runs. He could rip doubles to opposite field. Um, he lo- and he looks the part, too. I mean, he, he's got the physicality when he was just a freshman where he looked like he was a fourth-year player, and uh so he's he's a definitely a strong contender to be in the out left field. And Pablo Ruiz is another guy that's a strong contender for a left field. Um, he uh, is a transfer from UCF, uh, entering his first year with the Bulls. Uh, he previously played three seasons at UCF. And I would say the main thing to know about him is he, he, he brings some pop. Um, he can hit you some extra base hits. He can hit you some doubles. Um, and he's also solid defensively. He's a good athlete. Um, he can get all over the outfield and, and make plays for you. Um, so he's a strong option there as well. And he bats right-handed. And then Raphael Betancourt is a true freshman. Uh, he's from Deltona, Florida. Um, another guy that he kind of reminds me. Uh, when Marcus Bordell was a freshman, where he just looks like he's physically already there. He's already got a uh, good size to him. He's strong. Um, and I think that's why his name was kind of popping up in D1 baseball as a as a contender to, to get some playing time um, this season as a true freshman. Um, he also bats switch, switch hitter, uh, which is nice for a coach, knowing you could have a guy go up against any matchup. Um and I think the main thing for him is the fact that he's so young. He may not have as much experience playing uh, in the outfield defensively. I want to say in high school he was a shortstop. So that might be the only thing that keeps him out of left field for this year. You might see him there a little bit. But I, if, if his bat plays like the way that I think it can, I'm sure he'll DH a good amount um, or play some other places as well. So, so yeah, left field is looking pretty solid, Matt. What do you think? Yeah, having three options there, I think that's a really uh, a strong part of our team. Uh, when you look at Pablo Ruiz and uh, you look at Marcus Brodell, they're they're very similar players in my opinion. They're built kind of similarly. They both have uh, really solid speed and also uh, the ability to hit the ball out of the park. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see uh, Marcus Brodell progress this year from uh, his freshman year and. Uh, kind of see what he's capable of, kind of uh, similarly to Jackson Mayo. Uh, he had a, a kind of a, a streaky nature to his season last year where, you know, he could go out in a series and and maybe get you 12 hits or, you know, nine hits. Um, but then there were some other series that, you know, had a little bit more struggles to it. So I think a full season uh, in college baseball will really benefit him a lot. And he's he's seen a lot of different types of pitchers now. Um, that I think, you know, maybe last year would have um, maybe gotten him a little bit hung up um, in terms of success at the plate. But I think this year it's going to translate to, uh, you know, a little bit more consistency. And also with him, he's got a great arm. Um, I think Pablo Ruiz does too. But I think also one thing that's uh, a real wild card, like you said, is the fact that Rafi is a switch hitter and um, the versatility of that, I think he's going to find some some spot starts here and there and uh, make an impact whenever he does get to play. Yeah, I agree. And I think something to keep in mind about the outfield is, you know, we're just giving you the the primary names. But, you know, you could also see uh, some of our catchers, Joaquin Monke and Ben Rosenblum, play in the outfield. That's certainly something that could happen. Um, another freshman whose name we haven't mentioned yet, but definitely deserves a mention is uh, Stort Puckett. Uh, he's another uh, freshman with a, a good athleticism to him. 
Uh, I want to say in uh, high school, he was primarily a, a shortstop. And and now he's kind of like a, a utility. And he could play in the infield. He could play in the outfield. But uh, I saw him in the fall. Um, really loved his approach at the plate. He drove some balls to opposite field with authority. Um, he looks, looks like a really good ball player. And just even though he may not be projecting to be a starter this year, the fact that he's on the team um, and provides us that depth. Um, and then, you know, maybe if he continues, if he gets a few spot starts here and there and, and kind of show something, he could earn a bigger role as the season goes on. And um, definitely someone I'm very excited about. Um, so I think, you know, we kind of covered uh, the whole, the field uh, as a whole. Um, now I kind of want to, bring it back to to the offense and, and, and the defense and, and just thinking about you know what is the the offense going to look like something that was kind of on my mind coming into the show today was last season we in non-conference play um we had a good record i think we were roughly like 20 like 18 and 10, something around there before conference play started. And it was looking like it was going to be a, a pretty good season. But then when conference play came, uh, we really struggled. Uh, we had eight wins, 16 losses in conference play, ended up finishing in last place in the conference. And I think a big part of that was a, was a multitude of things. We had injuries. We had um, suspensions and, and things like that. But I think a big factor in that was the schedule, the non-conference schedule that we had last season was very light. Um, we played against some teams that are just beneath the level that we, that this program aspires to be at. And um, we need to play better competition to prepare ourselves to play in the American Athletic Conference because it is one of the best conferences in college baseball. And it looks like that's going to happen this year. we got a pretty loaded schedule, but we'll, we'll get more into that later. But my point with this, though, is last season, the offense was pretty solid in non-conference. And then in conference play, our offense struggled a lot. And we had the lowest batting average in the American Athletic during AAC play. Uh, we had 240 as a team. We had the lowest OPS, 699 as a team during AAC play. And um, we, we really, we were lowest in home runs. And we also had a propensity to strike out. Uh, we had a 22% strikeout rate in conference play, which was second highest in the, in the AAC, which sometimes it's okay to have a high strikeout rate if you're a team that is hitting a ton of home runs, but that, that wasn't really us. We weren't really hitting a lot of home runs but, and then we were also striking out. If you do that combination, it's just not going to work in any scenario. So with that being said, I, I'm, I'm really trying to think, you know, what is the offense going to look like this year? Matt, do you feel like it's going to be um, – I, I feel like maybe we don't have as much power as last year losing Carmine. So how do you think that the offense is going to have to evolve and be different this year? to be more successful um, as a whole. Um, I have a thought on that, but I want to hear if you have any. Yeah, so I, I think their identity really needs to be on contact hitting. You know, I, I think Coach Mole has done a really good job as well as the staff bringing in uh, guys that have not only, you know, hit well in the high school level, but also at the Division One level. Um, so I think one thing that we're really going to have to do is string together a lot of base hits and, um, you know, there's some guys on the team right now that can obviously uh, get you the double or triple or even home runs uh, to produce a lot of runs. Uh, I think one thing that's going to really benefit the team a lot, too, and I think what may have affected our overall offense is last year there was so many shuffling around in, in the infield and outfield with injuries. I think um, players having consistent roles and really knowing their role day in and day out. Um, and just kind of having that consistency um, is kind of going to alleviate, I think, a lot of, um, 
you know, issues at the plate as well. Um, just being able to know, you know, what they're going to be doing that day um, and, and having that consistency is going to translate to um, basically a, a better all-around game, including the offense. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think something that I also wanted that I, that I also think was a factor in the offense kind of not producing in conference play last year was almost all of our non-conference time was spent facing arms, facing pitchers that were not at the velocity, not at the control, not the level of the arms that they were going to end up seeing in American conference play. So they were they were kind of getting you in this bubble of like, well, we're, we're accustomed to facing pitchers like this. And then all of a sudden you're facing much better pitchers and you're just not ready for it. And I feel like with the challenging uh, schedule that we have this year, I think I think you're not going to see that that sudden like, whoa, what is this? It's going to be more of like, yeah, we've been facing good pitching all season. So there won't be that crazy shock um, that there was last year. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my take on offensively. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely, you know, something that's pretty easy to do is get lulled to sleep if you've been, uh, you know, facing pitchers that may not be up to the level that, you know, you're going to be facing in conference play. Um, so definitely having that challenge first weekend out against Maryland, we're going to see some tough pitching in that series. So uh, definitely going to be better prepared, I think, going into conference play this year. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out again to the coaches and especially our, our recruiting coordinator, um, Bo Durkak. He brought in uh, some hitters that I think like are going to address the weaknesses we had last year. We did have a high strikeout rate in conference play last year, 22%. But now you're bringing in uh, Travis Sankovic, who strikes out at a very low rate, I think only like 8%. And then you bring in uh, John Montez, who also strikes out at a, at a low rate in college. I think it was like 14, 15 percent, which is lower than than our average last year. So those two guys are, are like contact hitters and they also have experience facing uh, quality arms. Travis played in the Conference USA, which is a very highly ranked baseball conference. And John played in at the AAC, which is also, a, you know, a solid conference. So. I think they I think the coaches knew um, last year of, or they were at once the season was over, they're able to kind of gather what happened. And I think they did a good job addressing uh, some of those needs. Um, the only concern I guess I have going forward for the offense is is, is power. Uh, I think when you lose Carmine. Um, I think at least uh, we know for sure we got two guys that have already done double digit home runs in college, which is Drew Britcher and Daniel Cantu. And a few got a few other guys that potentially could get there uh, offensively. So. Yeah. I think when you look at the production that came from the freshman last year with Jackson Mayo and Brodell um, and Bobby Bozer, I think each of those guys, you know, they're more than capable of putting double digit home runs up and, I think as they get stronger, you know, they've had a full year in a, a college weight room. Uh, I think that, you know, that's definitely a possibility that, you know, they're going to contribute uh, a lot in terms of power for the team's offense. Definitely. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to, to mention is just uh, in terms of our approach uh, on the offense, given the fact that we may not have as much power hitting it, I, I wonder if that's gonna and I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier too I wonder if that is going to influence the way that the coaching staff thinks about how do we want to go about scoring runs consistently um, last season we would have some series where there'd be a game where we scored 20 runs and then the next two games we're scoring one run each and it was inconsistent so how do we how do we create an uh, offensive philosophy that's going to produce consistent results? I think a part of that kind of goes to what you're saying, Matt, is being more contact-oriented, focusing on getting on base. But then once we're on base, making that count. And, you know, last year we had 
the second lowest uh, stolen base attempts during conference play. We only tried to steal 18 bags, whereas the conference leader in uh, attempted stolen bases was Cincinnati tried to steal 64 times. That's roughly four times as much uh, attempted stolen bases. Um, so I just, I just wonder if the philosophy will adjust uh, this season, uh, knowing that, you know, we, we might have to manufacture runs more so than waiting for Carmine to hit a three run home run. Cause he's, he's not there anymore. So um, I'm interested to see how that shakes out. Yeah. I think when you look at the makeup of our roster, uh, we're more than capable of, you know, potentially even leading the conference in steals. I think it's all about um, the philosophy, as you as you previously mentioned, um, you know, seeing if we're going to get a, a shift in that and and utilizing. I think what's really a great asset on our team and, uh, you know, really get up there and stolen base attempts and ultimately uh, hopefully uh, stolen bases in, in the conference rankings. Um, also, I think uh, one thing, too, that. It's going to be important is playing small ball. So, um, you know, getting those sack flies, getting those uh, runners to move over from first to second, um, you know, whether that's by, um, you know, pitch and run or hit and runs rather. And, um, you know, also uh, sacrifice bunts, um, really getting that uh, ingrained in the system and and making that a consistent approach. Um, especially if we don't have the power necessary to, uh, you know, blow teams off or uh, blow the doors off teams rather. I think it's important that, you know, we really execute that into our game plan um, and and make the most of the tools that we have on our team. Yeah, I think you, you wrap, you sum it up really well there. I think, you know, creating that, having, bringing that offensive, bringing an offensive philosophy, bringing an offensive system that, you can count on day in, day out uh, versus something that's going to work one day and then not work the next two. Um, just, and again, that goes back to what you're saying, getting on base, being wise. Once those, once those people are on base, are we trying to steal? Are we trying to put on a hit and run? Are we trying to get that runner over to the next base? Are guys invested in that? Are they, are they bought into that? And is that what's being, you know, taught from from the top down um that's that's something i'll really be looking for this year is just are we really putting a, a emphasis on on you know team offense and, and team 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 baseball in that in that manner and i think when you look back at the 2021 season when we went to the super regional um you know that run that we went on i think a lot of that you know had to do with the fact that all the players bought into that team system um, there's a lot of small ball being played, a lot of sack flies. We had a lot of home runs as well, but uh, ultimately it, it really seemed the the team gelled together and, um, you know, played that small ball and did what they needed to do to uh, score enough runs to win the game. Um, but in terms of pitchers, uh, we will save that for our, our next show. Um, I think that's a good transition point. Um, and then our next show, we will also – uh, get into some more mail questions, but uh, actually, Matt, I think we got time to get into a couple of the, the mail questions now. Um, let me uh, take a second to pull that up. All right. Well, one of our questions uh, was related to pitching. Uh, just says, "Hey, we have th- this is from uh, at Govols FL Bob K. He says pitching. I want to know about pitching. We have the hitters." Uh, I expect big years from Butcher, Cantu, Mayo, and Rosenblum. Solid, and uh, we will uh, we will get into pitching next episode, as mentioned. Uh, James Lockhart said wanted to hear about the new field upgrade and hear about this year's schedule. Um, I think that the field upgrade we could definitely talk about for a little bit. Uh, you're looking at it right now, as you if you look at Matthew's uh, screen. Um, what, what what are your thoughts on the new field, Matt? Yeah, I, I think uh, last year was very challenging. Um, you know, a lot a lot of times the, the field got very um, hard, especially uh, in those heat in the hot summer months. Um, 
So I, I think one thing that I'm, I'm really looking forward to is seeing how that's going to benefit the pitchers as well. Kind of don't want to go into too much uh, talking about pitchers, but I think that, uh, you know, being able to save a lot of runs on defense this season is going to alleviate a lot of pressure on them. Uh, I, I think at times last year we, we gave up a lot of uh, runs that weren't necessarily the pitcher's fault, but not necessarily our fielder's faults either. It was a lot of times the, the bad hops that were received on on the tough um, infield surface. So definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing how that new field is going to benefit the infielders. And ultimately, I, I think it's going to benefit those uh, pitchers as well. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to alleviate pressure all around, even with the offense. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I think that's uh field upgrade is going to pr- provide that continuity and consistency that, that, you know, will be, will be nice. Give us a little home field advantage, just knowing what to expect. Um, and James, in terms of the, the schedule, uh, I would say, I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, we're opening against Maryland's three game series at home. Uh, they were, you know, they were inches away from making it to a super regional last year. They're number 13 team in the country. Uh, they hosted a regional, very exciting way to start the season. And then no time is wasted. Once that series wraps up on Sunday, on Tuesday, we're hosting the number seven Florida Gators. And then the following day, we're traveling up to Gainesville. And then uh, from there, uh, another really solid in-state opponent, FAU going there for a three game series. And then uh, as if it couldn't get any, any more intense. Now, after that, you go into Florida state on Wednesday. Uh, So that's going to be an absolute gauntlet to start the first nine games of the season. Um, That is a gauntlet that we want to see though, because we want to see, we want our guys to see quality arms we want our guys to be prepared for conference play. Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, we're, uh, the Bruin crew will be in Boca Raton to uh, see our Bulls play on the FAU Owls. So uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of you guys there as well. Uh, and then also uh, another thing looking at the schedule is, um, you know, you like you said, we we're starting out with basically a gauntlet last year. I think at this time we were looking at playing uh, Niagara, which, you know, is definitely a, a step up this year in terms of competition. I think one thing that will be really exciting to see is how we perform against UF in the first midweek games of the year. Um, obviously, last year uh, it, was a, it was a challenge to play them. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing that being a little bit more competitive of a matchup. I think it will really be a good opportunity to see pretty early on how we stack up, um, you know, compared to last season and and see how those improvements that we've made as a team um, really look uh, in terms of an outlook for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, We got another question from uh, Mike Pilger. He asks, is it a make or break year for the current coaching staff? Um, I think that's a that's a pretty loaded question because, you know, there's so many factors that go into that kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, uh, those kind of decisions are with our athletic director. But um, I want to say that I feel like our coaching staff is doing the right things to address the weaknesses that we had last year. And I believe that as long as they make a few minor, maybe philosophical adjustments in terms of, um, you know, maybe thinking of more ways to consistently score runs and thinking of more ways to make sure our defensive approach aligns with our pitching approach and that we're taking advantage of, of shifts that we're putting on and things like that. Um, I think they've, they've done an amazing job bringing in the talent that we have on this roster. We had the highest ranked um, recruiting class uh, per perfect game for, for freshmen. 
uh, in the American Athletic Conference. So you got to love that. And you also got to love the fact that we brought in uh, four experienced uh, athletic Division One transfer players. Um, so I, I, I think it's a good question, Mike. I think that uh, it's an important year for the coaching staff. That's my opinion. I think it's an important year for them to show uh, what they learned from not only from their success in 2021, where they went to the Super Regional, but also from last year where they were the last place team in the American Athletic Conference. So I think it's an important year for them to show that they learned from last year and that they're ready to really prove that the 2021 version, that's, that's the real, that's the real uh, product that they, that they can provide the fans and to the program. And uh, yeah, just to add on to that, I think not only have we brought in talented players on the field, but I think, uh, you know, after meeting a lot of the players this off season, you know, they're very high character individuals and, I think that alone is is going to be a, a great asset to this team. And I think we have a lot of great leaders on this team as well. Um, you know, we got some guys that are in their third or fourth year um, that will really be able to help guide a lot of the younger guys this season. Um, so really excited to see that, you know, those guys are going to be able to step up. And I think that may be a thing that was missing from last year's team as well, you know, aside from the injuries. Um, really a, a vocal leader within the clubhouse that's going to uh, motivate the team and, and kind of hold everyone accountable. So really looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing what what the coaching staff is going to do with this kind of fresh group of talent that's coming in this year. Definitely. And I think it's a good point you make that the coaches have done a great job bringing in really high character guys, especially this group this season. Uh, really, really been enjoying getting to know uh, a lot of the guys and they're, they're well-rounded individuals and that translates to success uh, in all areas of life. And um, they actually just recorded the second overall highest uh, fall GPA in the history of the USF baseball program and highest cumulative GPA in baseball program history. And something that Billy Mole says that I, I agree with and consistent with my life experience too, is how you do anything is how you will do everything. So if the guys are disciplined in the classroom, like it, the numbers are saying, it also tells you they're disciplined about their baseball and working on their skills, taking care of their bodies, um, getting themselves in as good shape as they can. And I think that uh, you're going to see you're going to see a lot of good things out of this group. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of added benefits of having players on your team that are not only good athletes, but also have a good head on their shoulder. Um, you know, there's a lot of in-game decisions that are made and and having that ability to, to think quickly and being able to um, translate, you know, your off-field smarts in the classroom onto the baseball field is, is really going to help benefit the team. Yeah, totally agree. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for questions. Uh, as promised, we will we will deliver you the pitcher preview on the next show. Um, but thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us today. And we look forward to uh, bringing you that next episode. And thank you, Matt. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. All right.